This is Aikido Discussed, your regular weekly Aikido podcast. We talk about all the joys, pain, suffering, sorrow, magnificence, glory, educational delight of the martial art of Aikido. I am Aikido President's Head Instructor, Christopher Hine, and with me today is Joshua Tihi, Assistant Instructor at Aikido Fresno. And Maya Salon McDaniel, second Q and student at Aikido Second Q. Q. Congratulations, Maya. (laughs) Thank you. Maya took a test on Wednesday. She did a killer job. Super good. Thank you. So what are we talking about today? I asked that as if I don't know what we're talking about. But I'm trying to set up. Hey, guys, you just sat down. We haven't talked for the last 10 minutes about what the hell we're going to talk about. Trying to set a conversation. Also, it was my idea, so it's like, how could I not know? So we're going to... Uh, <laughs> tell us, Josh. Yeah, tell us now. Well, Josh, what are we talking what about today? Talking? So um, I'd like to talk about uh, footwork in Aikido, uh, and maybe even more broadly, kind of like movement in Aikido and what it means, um, and the type <clears throat> of movements that we're doing, the type of footwork that we should be doing, um, maybe you know, talk about some of the footwork drills and the Types of things that we do and how that might differ from uh, differ from other schools. Um, you know, I just find for our practice or the way that we look at it, you know, Aikido is a, a movement-based art, and so footwork obviously should be important. And I don't feel like maybe that gets talked about a lot, other than. We say you know, footwork's important in Aikido. Well, right, right. We say that. And we and we throw you know, we have the yeah. tankon and tankon and whatever. Um, but, I mean, and, and I don't know because I haven't been to a whole, whole lot of other schools and things, but, you know, are other schools doing footwork drills? Are other schools really kind of separating all of that out? Because a lot of times it feels like those footwork things that we do are all tied into the, the form. Um, and by doing that, I think you kind of obstruct what's really happening in that, like we're moving and and the form and the footwork are a a dynamic thing. Right. And I think that gets lost when you tie it all into the form. Right. Yeah. So, um, I guess first question, am I, uh, incorrect in sort of the assumptions and things that I'm making here? Um. About you know the importance of footwork a and then you know the the fact that it doesn't maybe get its due uh, look. I think you know depending on the style of aikido, um, footwork is more or less important. Um, but I would say the vast majority of aikido and especially popular aikido, um, footwork and movement is key. It's it's very essential to what we do. Um, uh, the main demonstration of nice Aikido is either Kino Nagare forms or Jiwaza, which includes tons of movement. You see tons and tons of movement. Um, in Aikido, you tend to see not the squaring up um, that you see in other styles. So so there's no one just standing there, um, even though a lot of bad Aikido. Oh, there shouldn't be. Yeah, right. Aikido, bad Aikido has people standing there. Um, so Aikido is very movement-centric uh, on both the part of, of Uke and Nage. Um, so I think that's true. Uh, it's it's important. Aikido uh, movement is important in Aikido. Um, whether footwork drills are practiced or not, that's really kind of a sticky wicket because I think a lot of Aikido styles would say they practice a lot of footwork, and I personally would say maybe they don't practice that much footwork. So for beginners, there's a lot of beginner footwork I would call it, which is you know 
uh, learning to sugiyashi, learning to yumiyashi, learning to tenkan, learning to irimi tenkan, uh, you know, so learning to move your feet, um, basically. Um, there's, there's a fair amount of that for beginners in, in most Aikido schools. But as we get into more advanced use of feet, I feel like there's not a lot. Um, there's not a lot of higher education for Aikido footwork. Um, and, and my higher education, quote unquote, for Aikido footwork actually comes from studying other sports. Right. Um, so I started looking at a lot of other sports, martial arts and non-martial arts, just movement sports. And how are they telling their athletes to move and why are they telling their athletes to move that way? Um, and then a lot of reflection on how we move in Aikido. So, you know, the Aikido you get at our school, for example, tends to be a little more, um, we, we talk a little more scholastically about footwork um, because I've spent time with it because I think it's so important personally. Um, I think a lot of other schools don't pay that much attention to it. Yeah. Well, and I feel like if 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 you look at Aikido, like the and, and you want to say that it's like, high, if you want to do the high end, you know, and say that like Aikido practitioners or, or put Aikido practitioners on the high end of their craft against other high end athletes, right? right? And you're looking at the things athlete slash martial artist, whatever, however you want to classify that. But, um, and you're looking at the thing that Aikido people do, then it's like, yeah, we should be working on those footwork drills in the same way that, like, a basketball player would work on dribbling moves or, you know, uh, NFL, uh, you know, player would be working, like a running back would be working on. That's how we should be looking at it. If these are the things that we're supposedly supposed to be doing you know i think there's a an important subject to kind of hit on here that's hard to see at first glance so i recently watched a video i can't remember the guy's name or i would, I would say it but there was a, a guy a taekwondo practitioner he was getting ready for the olympics and he had brought in this special coach who's some kind of badass ex-olympian gold medalist taekwondo guy and they were running they were just showing like a day in the training cycle and that training was really different than what you would see in a day-to-day -day class kind of schedule. They were working real specific stuff. And this is the kind of stuff you would see more, um, like I saw this when I was when I was doing boxing, uh, the guys who were fighting all the time, they were working aside with their coach, right. working in a different, different way. Yeah, yeah. And this is not just kind of like the general, like here are the things you do on Taekwondo, you know. It's like, you know, minute quick foot movement drills, you know. Uh, minute speed drills, um, like special, very specific kinds of things. And this is like true, I think in Aikido, what we call this is Rinchu, true Rinchu, which is like a development for that person, that individual person to get good at this one thing. Um, and that, you know, if we want to put Aikido people up against, you know, a boxer or something, boxers are training that way like a hobbyist is different than a right. professional sure, you know sure, yeah, and so yeah. like professional boxer regardless of system or anything else is going to be a way better athlete right. than hobbyist anything right you know yeah. it's like yeah, yeah, pro yeah. boxer versus tennis hobbyist right tennis hobby <laughs> right. you know in tennis maybe you know like <laughs> right, right. yeah you know, depending on skill sets aside right, but like right. the the athletic qualities <laughs> that you're going to get in a pro athlete so that's different than like just understanding as a whole so like um, so, like, when I said a second ago, you know, and scholastically, I think we talk about footwork more at our dojo, is because, like, that doesn't mean that everyone at the dojo is being pushed to train right. that sure. hard. Sure. And most people need to realize they, they don't can't. want right. to right. train hard. And or maybe can't. they can't right. train right. that hard, you know? So, like, you know, if you go to an MMA gym, it's kind of getting this way more now. There is a, a, a the, the, the stable of, of fighters 
And then there are all the other people who financially support yeah, right, the gym, right, right. right? So, like, they're those are the guys right. who are, like, 52, and they like that, you know, their buddy's out there fighting, but they're not fighting, and they're not getting ready right. to fight. And that doesn't mean they're not training, and they're not learning about MMA, and they're not, like, pushing themselves, but at their hobby level right, right. versus what those guys are doing, right? And so, like, first of all, Aikido people should just realize we don't have a professional right. bracket. Professional well, brackets are right. teachers. That's right, a scholastic right. professional. But Well, and, it's, and, and I... I, I Bring that. I brought that up because there was that um, Joe Rogan had this dude on once upon a time who was talking weird, crazy stuff, oh. and and Joe Rogan was like, you know, if you put the best Aikido guy up against a you know NC two A professional uh, athlete, the athlete's gonna just destroy you know. Um, and it's like that is a hundred percent true. And my point here is that it part of the reason that is is because we don't train like we don't have anyone that's that trains at that level and even understands what training at that level is. Well, and I think it ta- like the point that that Chris made about um, having other like what the training looks like is different. So it's not just what everyone else is doing in class. It's also all these other little supplemental pieces like tiny footwood footwork drills, like just moving this one little way over and over, practicing these different pieces. I don't know. Um, Makes me think about like different levels of. I don't know, because I've done music, like, you know, let's say choir groups, right? Like, I've been in groups that are super hobbyist level versus, like, you know, choirs that you'd going consider, right, like, you know, collegiate level right, singers going. that are, <laughs> made, you know, major in singing, and it's a big deal to them. Um, and the expectation of practicing outside on your own, your own vocal, you know, skill, um, is something that is expected of you the higher you go. So I think it's kind of like the boxing thing where it's like, yeah, you come to a hobbyist class, you know, and it's this college class of, you know, people doing chorus once a week. Nobody practices their music outside of class, you know. That three-hour class right, is, is where is, you're right, coming right. and learning your music, and that's fine for that level, and that's what the kind of the teacher is like, yeah, that's fine, whatever, you're going to learn your notes here. But the higher level you go, they expect you to show up to class knowing the notes already. You're working on the higher level stuff right. in class, and on the outside, you're you're expected to learn all these little techniques on your own. So, so I think it's just like the amount of training that you're doing, the higher you get up, it, it's expected that you're going to take charge of your own your own stuff, your own uh, like physical skill, and you know whether that's professional singing where you're working on your expression, you're standing in the mirror for hours working on the way that you express the music. That's a little tiny part of the music, but that's something that you have to run on your right. own. And as a professional, that's a high concern. Right. I think like with, you know, the higher that the the higher priority or the more seriously you take Aikido as you go up, then those other little tiny bits do matter and you like got to find ways to work on those different pieces and maybe that time in class isn't enough to work on those different pieces. A buddy of mine who's a, a pro cyclist, um, he went to a, a specialist, and, and they were talking about some training regimen stuff for him. And the specialist had made some kind of offhand comment about how um, football players are way better at playing football than cyclists are at cycling. And and my buddy was like, what? That doesn't make any sense. He's like, yeah, football players are way better at playing football than cyclists are at cycling. And he's like, why? And he's like, because a lot more money has been spent on right, right, football. Right, right. And so they know better ways to train. We have a much better idea of how to get the various athletes ready for football. Whereas cycling, not the same amount of money has been spent on that. So we do not know how to train cyclists as right, well as right, we know how to train football players. And when you start thinking about what that means, like that's that's really serious talk. Like as 
for the art to evolve, you have to like put in that kind of individual time. Aikido's nowhere near that. And I don't know that it ever needs to be sure. anywhere near that. Right. Um, and so, you know, maybe kind of the reason that we don't. Well, but I think then if, if that's true, then people need to be honest. And and, and this is gets back yes. to my thing again, which is like be okay with going like, yeah, dude, NC2A guy will kill, kill even our top, you know, our top guys. Like we could put, you know, our highest degree black belt against NC2A and he's just going to kill us because we're just not doing that thing. Right. Because even right. the most serious Aikido guy, you know, if, if you've got a day job and Aikido is the only thing that you do other than that day job, you still only have so much time in your day to be able to practice that versus, you know, a, a pro basketball player or a pro whatever. You just There's just not enough time for you to practice the skills and be on the regimen that it takes to get at that right. level. There's, a, there's an interesting thing here, and this gets really complex to think about, and I don't want to turn our listeners off like talking this way, but this is the truth. Um, so... What you said, Josh, is 100% true, which is like, yeah, the best NC2A wrestler will beat the best Aikidoist at wrestling every single time. But also, you know, the best um, collegiate wrestler or the best uh, uh, high school wrestler probably would be, you know, the best. <laughs> right, right, right. You know, and because at wrestling, well, Aikido people are no right, good. Right, right. So there's a weird, like, thing that's hard to understand that, you know, at your own sport, and that's why that, that's an interesting statement, you know. Football players are better at football than cyclists are at cycling, right? And that's interesting because, you know, I, I was joking about this earlier, but I said, you know, like football or uh, boxers and tennis tennis players, right? Tennis players are probably better athletes at tennis because right, there's more right, money right. in tennis sure, sure. than there is in boxing. I don't, I don't know if that's true, but that, let's right, just say right, that's right. true right now. But still, a boxer's always going to beat the shit out of a tennis player well, in a boxing match, and a tennis player's always going to beat the shit out of point, a boxer My point is match. also that I – believe that if properly trained um you know an aikido person like he's never going to beat a wrestler i get it but the at wrestling at wrestling but the assumption in this conversation on the joe rogan show from what i got was that the wrestler would just be able to to do his will upon this aikido guy um and i think that's 100 percent true now i also believe that if we train properly and train enough um, an Aikido guy could just keep the wrestler from getting him, right? That's not going to happen right now because we're not at that same athletic level. We don't have any super stud athletic guys that are training Aikido at the same level, at the same uh, intensity level as – For the make, same amount of time with the same sense? amount of experts, right. all no, that No, it makes stuff. perfect right. sense. And, like, this, yeah. is, this is the part that honestly should excite people in the Aikido world but I think we're having a hard time getting it through everyone. So, like, it's it's real confusing. So, like, when Joe Rogan says, you know, give your best Aikido guy versus the best NC2A wrestler. Right. At wrestling, of course. Right. But we don't have to talk about fighting. Right. You know, right. I, there's a macho thing put in here, but we don't have to talk about that. <laughs> right. We could say, okay, take the best NC2A wrestler in a tennis match against a tennis right. player, and they will lose, right? Right. right? So, I guess you could make the assumption well, then wrestling shit because tennis player right, clearly right, beat right. him. Everyone should learn tennis, but uh, tennis isn't going to teach you to wrestle. So, so there's this weird thing going on. So the problem with Joe Rogan is Joe Rogan doesn't understand enough about Aikido to make that statement because when he made that statement, what he's saying is he's making the assumption that Aikido is the same exact thing right, that, as right, right, right. wrestling, right? right? And so you, you could also say, well, let's take the best um, fighter pilot in, right, in the right, Air right. Force and put him against a wrestler in a wrestling ring. Oh, did the wrestler beat him? Apparently, fighter pilots suck at fighter piloting. No. Fighter pilots are still awesome at being fighter pilots, 
And wrestlers are awesome at wrestling. And then, like, so there is its own skill set we have to talk about. And then there is our level within the skill set we have to talk about. And like I said, I don't want to turn anyone off with this, but if you want to really juggle the complexities of it, this is what we have to talk about. So... Back to footwork. I was just going to say, right. how does so this my, relate to my footwork? My point is, our skill, within the skill levels of our own art, I feel like... There's, um, there's a long way to go. There's a long way to right. go to get to the place that we want to be. And one of the th- reasons is because we don't, we don't even look at it or train it or think about it in a... Right. So one step before that, and I think this is where you're headed right now. Um, one step before that is we have to intellectually understand what we want out of our footwork. Right, right. What do we want Aikido people to be able to do? Once we intellectually understand what they do, we can develop training regimens to make them better at that. We can certainly do that. But we have to first understand it. And the problem is we don't even understand what the hell we're doing. You know, like if you look at Aikido school A through Z, you're going to get 26 different variations on what they think Aikido is about. And so because we're doing that, we can't even settle down and say our footwork should be for this. Now, Olympic Taekwondo, they know exactly right. what their footwork's right, right, for. Right. They have no doubt. So they can practice all their little like bouncy special moves. Yeah, they're good at that, and they can go win a gold medal with that stuff. We don't have that understanding yet. So the, the first place we need to go with footwork is what are we doing it for? Why do we have the footwork? Then once we got that, then we can get good at it. Right. And Okay, so let's talk. Let's lay, lay that out. I mean, because um, I feel like at our school, we at least have some ideas or we put forth some ideas about what the footwork is good for. Um, I mean, I think one of the, the big things to talk about in footwork, and I don't see this being talked about a lot, is stability versus mobility. You need to understand what you want out of your art. and Do you want to be more stable or do you want to be more mobile? And one sacrifices for the other. Now, look, we all want maximum stability and maximum mobility. But the truth is, when those go head-to-head, they don't work out that way. For example, wide stances afford a lot of stability. They offer less mobility, right? Narrow stances, more mobility, less stability. You have to find the nice balance of that. I don't see a lot of Aikido schools really discussing this. You see a lot of Aikido schools turning the forward foot way to the outside, Mm -hmm. right? Mm -hmm. So I think it's pronating, super pronating that foot. Um, why are we doing this? Do people have a good idea of why they're doing this? Now, I could offer some suggestions, but th- that doesn't even matter if we don't know why we might want that right, thing or right, not right. want that yeah. thing. You know. So in order to get better at footwork, first thing we have to do is what's our footwork modeled after? So personally for me and what I started looking at a lot was uh, American football running backs. I think American football running backs have awesome movement, the kind of movement we want, which is this ability when people are trying to tackle you and run at you and slaughter you and smash you, how to get out of the way of that, right? Not just in speed, but how to maneuver yourself out of the way, how to set for multiple attackers coming at you. That's exactly what running backs do in American football, and that's what I believe Aikido people should be going to. Now look, American football running backs are way better than we are, and so right now we got to humble ourselves and go like, hmm, let's ask what, what's good right, from right, the way they right. train. Um, and a lot of money's been thrown at that, and they have a lot of really good ideas. And we can ask, you know, honestly, soccer players are pretty oh, yeah, fantastic yeah, yeah, at footwork. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you, you might be yeah. like, oh, soccer's not martial arts. And, but but the way they're moving and handling multiple attackers right. and having to use a lot of agility to move around, um, and that's football football, not American right, football. Right, right, right. Uh, uh, I think that's a great place to look, right? Tennis players aren't a bad place to look either. Those right. guys have to make a lot of really agile movements, A right? lot of quick, uh, quick angles, a lot of... Um, quick stops and and turns, which is the stuff that, that we do, you know? Yes. Um, when you look even just at those Tankon, Irimi, Tankon, Irimi, 
like those are all if done properly should be done quick and powerfully um and and not just for show well not just for beauty you know i don't know i feel like people look at like um iq because it's so you know circular and flowy Flowy. right and they and it can be right well and and um you know it might also also footworks you know right well and so i think like that is an important part of our martial art but why you know i think a lot of people just think that it's like it looks pretty it's nice you know i want to make these beautiful big flowing circles and you know some people say stuff about like angles and and that's i think getting more at it but it's also the aspect of the multiple attackers thing you know what i mean the continuous movement thing the like where I'm not moving in a circle just because I wanted to make a nice, big, pretty circle. It's because I'm trying to move away. I'm getting out of whatever situation is happening. If this person chooses to follow me, then I'll deal with that situation. So I think that, like, like understanding why we have that a lot of that, like, circular movement um, where maybe in other martial arts there's a lot more squaring up and, and less. And understanding you know, how that circular movement is, is right. made also, I think. It's a really important thing, you know, so, like, you made some assumptions in there, mm-hmm. and, um, and I'm sorry I always shit on everything. I, I'm not trying to <laughs> but, no, like, you made some it's assumptions in it. there. We love and, it. and for our school, that's totally true, and for my Aikido, that's totally true, but I don't think that's true at large, which is, like, why are these footwork patterns in there, and they're not in there just to be pretty? And it's, like, maybe, maybe for a lot of schools, right. they, they are, are just yeah, to be yeah, pretty, yeah. and that's another thing that. we need look, to hash look, out. Yeah. And, look. I think it would be a shame if Aikido just became an aesthetic art, personally, because I think it's got a lot more to offer than just aesthetics. But if that's the way, as a whole group, we decide to move, then that's cool, too. Yeah, yeah. I would do something different. Um, not that I wouldn't. I'd probably still participate right. in Aikido, even if it was just about aesthetics. Sure. I like Aikido a lot. And it looks pretty. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, it, it does look pretty. I like to watch so, it. Yeah, yeah. But it's like, that is a different thing. And so, like, if that's what Aikido is about, you know, like, there is ballroom dancing. Ballroom dancing has right, nothing right. to do with fighting. It's about aesthetics and interaction with a partner and how two people can work together. And maybe that's what Aikido is about for people. And that's cool. Yeah, not not pooping on that at all. But I want I want everyone to understand it's like the, 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 the field's open. We can talk right, about it right. however we want to talk about it. Right. And so let's just start narrowing down on it. And if you want it to be these kinds of things and these kind of things, if you want it to be these kinds of things, these kind of things. But realizing I personally feel like this, and this is my, my opinion, is that if you try to change it into MMA, it's going to become a whole different thing. It won't right, even look right. like Aikido in one generation. It won't look like Aikido anymore. If you try to morph it into dancing, it'll take a little longer, but it'll pretty quickly not become Aikido. Because I can look at a lot of flowy Aikido, and I'm not trying to be a jerk, but flowy Aikido and go like, uh, you're doing Kota Geish, but I don't think you understand why, why you're doing right, Kota Geish. Yeah. Because there's a lot of problems with your application of Kota Geish. Now, as you're using it, perfectly fine. But if you're trying to disarm with that, it wouldn't work out so well for you. You know, like, right. a little bit of practice. Right, if you're trying to, I mean, I think that's what I'm, I'm trying to get at here is, like, there are lots of different pieces of Aikido that could be easily be taken and used in those situations, like moving it towards MMA, moving it towards dancing, right? right? But... Obviously, it's not what those things are because then it would just be dancing. You know what I mean? Like, on some level. I, and so I it's agree like, with you wholeheartedly. <laughs> um, I mean, I guess some I'll have to agree to disagree with some people. So, But, like, you know, there's all these different pieces, and so we have to look at it and go, what, what do all these pieces, when we put them together, mean? Not just this piece or that piece. or You know what I mean? Like, how do they all fit contextually with each other? And I feel like the the... Uh, the answer that you that you put forth is makes the most sense to me, like on the whole with everything, you know, looking at all the pieces. Yeah, and I think I think I'm the greatest guy ever too, but <laughs> that might not be true. You know what I mean? Like, like so, like I look at the Aikikai right now, and I think that the Aikikai is really making a movement towards 
a beautiful, flowy thing. I don't think there's anything wrong with it. I like watching a lot of the stuff they're putting out. I think it's cool, but it's really becoming less and less of a martial art. And so if we want to get better at footwork, we got to understand, is it a martial art? Is it a dance? Because if it's a dance, it should probably be more aesthetically pleasing. If it's a martial art, it should be more functional, whatever right, that means. Right. Yeah. And that will um, determine the types of stuff we need. Stuff we need and the types of practices that we do um, yeah. to go through it. Well, let's talk a little bit just about what we do at our school, personally, just to kind of give people some reference point for something um, and how we kind of break down the footwork and, and practice and study it. Oh, <laughs> um, uh, you're on the side. <laughs> well, no, I mean, because I just think, like, we're going to talk, let's just at least, here's, here's the, op, an op, the option that we chose to go with um, and how we sort of look at it. So uh, our intro footwork stuff is not that different than a lot of other schools. We are clear about explaining what a sugiyashi is, what an ayumiyashi is, what a tenkan is. We're clear about explaining where you want your weight and, and the way we set our weight in Aikido for us. Yeah, our school is forward, and we want our weight set forward because the idea is we're constantly moving. Setting your weight back is trying to retreat from something and retreating from something in an on a non-powerfully way, in a powerful way, you know. Yeah. So, like, uh, you hear this kind of stuff, like, uh, even when you step back, you should be moving forward. Yeah, that's the kind of philosophy you we can, follow, right. which is weight should always be loaded forward. We should always be towards the balls of the feet, um, and we do use a hanmi stance, although. Uh, real flexible about what that means. Um, the idea of Hanmi, in my opinion, is truly to blade yourself to the other person. That doesn't mean that I necessarily am going to be completely bladed sometimes, but I will be at an angle that is bladed to them, you know, so relative to the other person, um, which is a, an, an older idea in Japanese martial arts, you know, Hanmi being not just how I stand with my feet, but how I position myself to the other. And that's starting to get into Taino Hinko a little different, you know. Um, after you kind of have those those basic ideas, we start to move you through uh, mind-body connection stuff where we use a clicking drill and a verbal drill to get people to be able to drop their own shit and move their feet when they need to move their feet. Um, and so we don't realize this, but you get all kinds of boggled up in your head and then your feet can't move anymore. So these drills are specifically designed to help people get boggled up in their head and their feet still work correctly. Do what you need to right? do. Yeah. Because if you can't do it under stress, you can't do it. Right. You know? mm -hmm. um, so we work that set of drills. Then we begin to work that in a lot with the Taino Hinko and what the Taino Hinko is, and then that branches off into another thing because the Taino Hinko is not just how you're moving yourself, but how you're moving your relation to another person. But we explain how you use those individual Ashi Sabaki footwork drills to move into Tai Sabaki. Um, and then as, as we go further and further, we work other drills that require you to move fast and quickly in that, right? So various Jiawaza drills, area contention drills. We use a lot of different little drills that make your feet move fast um, so you start organizing them. Um, if we were going to a pro level, I would say beyond that, we'd start doing lots of ladder drills. So we have, we've done a few ladder drills. We have ladders. We don't use them like we would if we were serious about this. Um, and making your feet literally quicker, training your feet quicker to be quicker and move more efficiently. Um, a, a little more um, dynamic stability drills. So shoving people when they're moving, like you'd see in a, a lot of running back drills, right? So I'm running straight and people are smashing me sideways to make sure I can uh, dynamically adjust. So that's where it would start yeah. to morph into. But most people at the dojo, actually everyone at the dojo, is pursuing it as a hobby. Right. And, and that's cool. There's nothing wrong with that. You know, like every, every school doesn't have to be high-level stuff. Yeah. I think, um, you know, I appreciate the way that we look at things because you quickly begin to see um, 
you know, it, it's, there's not a whole lot going on, right? I mean, it's not, um, I think people are, get confused by, you know, they see a um, technique and it's like, there's 17 different things. Um, and a lot of times, even if you look, we were talking about, you know, if you look in a lot of the books, like, the, the footwork is just move your left foot forward toward the, you know right like it's just weird stuff that like is very hard to to kind of ferret out so having it spelled out and we you know um <clears throat> and having names for things and having you know it's really nice because i think then it puts the techniques in a really easy uh frame of reference and then you can begin to see how the techniques uh work together or or how they relate together so that, you know, an outside turn is an outside turn is an outside turn, regardless of what technique you're going to set right, up. Right, Inside yeah. turn is an inside turn. It's super nice um, um, because if you look at everything just through the, the lens of the techniques, like you said, it's so confusing. There's so many things happening in, you know, katate or ikkyo or whatever, you know. Um, but with having words for this foot movement, you know, if someone's stuck, you can just say, uh, it's a sugiyashi. Sugiyashi, right. you know, and from across the room, that person can figure out, you know, none of this like left foot, right foot, you know, it's, it's, yeah, move when your it, left foot forward. When it's, you know, when it's relative, your... it becomes weird or, you know, it has to be easy to understand for the person and having those different words. And, and I feel like um, having words for the different Hadoki also is great because it's like, okay, you're doing a failed triangle here and that turns into a Sotomuari and then you pop for, you know, like that's easier to walk people through when, they, right. when there's words for that instead of just, do this technique and, and not and having five different steps in that one thing, you know, right. having single words for those things make it a great difference. This is a, it's a really important subject, um, whether you're talking about footwork or anything, that like there's the intellectual side, the scholastic side, and then there is the, the pragmatic side, you know, the, the actual training of the individual, and there is the understanding where we want to go with the system. You have to have both of those in place, yeah. you know? Yes. But the problem is it's hard to train someone if you don't know what they're training them to do. Right, right. Um, yeah. So you got to figure out what they're doing yeah. first, and then you figure out the best methods for that. And the best methods are probably already figured out. Right, they already exist. All somewhere. the other martial arts systems, right, right, all the other right, sports right, we play, we do lots right. of physical stuff. Yeah, yeah. You can you can piecemeal yeah. out the things, go, okay, I want to move like this and this. What are good drills for that? And then we actually train the individual. Um, but we need to, instead of like trying to be Billy Badass, like we could beat a 2 in say 2A wrestler, Instead of even worrying about that, we should go, well, what would we beat them at? Yeah, what, how, how, what would right. that look like? Even? Would yeah. we beat them at yeah. wrestling? Yeah. Well, then we've got a long road right. to cl right. climb because we've been we doing that for learn, hundreds right. of years. we got to learn you know? how to wrestle now. Right. Um, yeah, I just, I think that, um, yeah, just having drills and having, you know, uh, uh, and understanding, you know, I think it's true. For us, there's a clear understanding about what the techniques uh, are doing and, what ultimately we should be doing as a body, as we're um, going up against opponents, which is moving, 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 right, moving, moving. Right. So a lot of times if you see uh, Jiuwaza from us, like there's not a lot of technique happening, right? Really um, not, yeah. <laughs> no, there's not a lot of technique happening. And and it's not that the, the techniques aren't there, they're not available. It's just that's not the main goal. Like the, that's not the main idea of what we're doing. I want to keep myself in a position that uh, I am safe and, and free and autonomous, right? And that can happen without throwing someone down or, you know, whatever. Right. Um, and so, you know, knowing that and then having a system 
to, to work with that. And I think it's, it's important to, to explain to people, and we're kind of like, you know, tangential to footwork a lot. Yeah, yeah. But, but it's important for – it's yeah. not because we have any kind of deep insight at our school. Just I took a lot of time to figure out what I wanted right. from Aikido and what I thought Aikido was telling me I was going to get from it. And what you want to give to people. Exactly right. And so, like, that thought process is what led our school here. And, you know – I was thinking about that Aikido in crisis thing the other day. I was like, well, we're not in crisis here. Right, right. Um, no. no one's confused about what we're doing. You know, you can see definite increase between the beginners and the advanced people. The advanced people understand what the system's for, and they don't feel like, oh, am I learning a bunch of shit? They know exactly what they're learning, you know? Whereas it's confusing if, you know, you're learning tennis and you think you're going to box with it and you get to be a really good tennis player and you're like, yeah, but can I do anything with it? Right. And you think anything's boxing. No, you can't. But, but I think in our school it's really flushed out really well as to what – Aikido is trying to teach you and what you should expect to get good at. And, um, you know, we've got some young people now who are getting really excited about it. And I'm, I'm interested to see if those people want to push it right, a little right. further. Um, but that's on a case-by-case -case basis, you know. And that's that's getting deeper into our art of what we're doing, you know. And that's the way it has to go. I was thinking a lot about the way that you structure the system and the way that you've had us learn it in the dojo. And I've seen it change a couple of times now. Um, but after taking my test, I was thinking, you know, like, what the benefit of training the way that, that we, that you've been talking about it and training the way that we've been training. Um, and I was thinking about how, like, you know, wondering like, okay, what's next? What's the first few tests going to look like? What am I, what am I looking to now? You know? Um, and I was, you know, I know it's a, you do a super long test. It's like three hours, you know, it's grueling and long. Um, and I was thinking, well, I mean, material wise, I know all the material now. Pretty much knew it all like, third. I, yeah. And I pretty much knew it since third Q, but I think I have a little bit of grasp now, but yes. I, I know all the techniques. And so I was like, okay, so it, it's not the techniques you're testing on me on because I've already, I already know all of them. Uh, maybe not perfectly, but I know them. And thinking about how, um, for you, the way that you structure the system, doing, focusing on all the body skills, all the Tai Sabaki really early on, and it makes all of our, our new people, our ninth cues, eighth cues, seven cues, they're all getting really strong at that body stuff really early on. And so stuff like footwork fits into their much earlier than I think yes. a lot of people get to it. And then you move them into techniques and techniques are what you're testing them on in fourth and, and uh, third cue and stuff. And, and then after that, where I'm going to be heading now is much more in the wrenchu and the training methods and the, 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 the like understanding um, all these different situations and how I can really put it into action and, and, and work with those techniques in, in real time and, and how I can, how they manifest. Um, and, I don't know, just really interesting to me. And then having that understanding, that theoretical understanding of Aiki and Aikido all the way through, you know? I think, like, people leave that theoretical understanding of what Aikido is good for way until way too late, you know? And they focus on all these techniques, all the, you know, Ikkyo, Nikkyo, Sankyo, Yankyo from day one when someone's a ninth cue and they can't move their feet and their legs get crossed. And I think it's kind of backwards, you know? Because yeah. then you've got someone, yeah, they know Ikkyo, but they don't know why they stepped their leg it, in. Right. Yeah. right. They don't know, yeah, they don't know <clears throat> how to not get messed up, you know, physically, like, they're still maybe uncoordinated in some places, and so get doing that body stuff first, then getting them to the techniques yeah. much later, yeah. then yeah. the training right. methods, how can you move? and having that solid theoretical background all the way through from the beginning. And I the reason for that is because so important. we view Aikido as a movement art, and so yeah. you right. have to have good footwork in the very beginning, or yeah. you can't or, do right, the rest right, of the art. Right. Like, you just won't work out. Yeah. Yeah, it's a big deal. And the, the techniques can come later, because really that, that body stuff has got to be first, you know? And truthfully, uh, realistically, 
if you, you have good footwork and you're able to move your body, the techniques will just the techniques will happen. You know, yeah. because the tech that's the way the techniques are built, right? The techniques are built on the interplay of two people and the way that those two people uh, fit their bodies together, right? I keep the fitting of energy and the fitting of a vice. So if you know how to move and can put yourself in the correct position, right, the techniques happen. So there's no yeah. like having to, to like run through you do this and you do this and you do this. It's like yeah. move. Yep. Keep moving. The other person wants to get you. At some point, one or the other, will you will be on the ground. You know right, what I mean? Right, right. And I mean, that's just back to that old cliche, you use their force against right. them. I move, you come at me, that will spell doom for you right. is the idea. Right? And in the end, that will lead you to the forms. Because I, I felt like, you know, I was a little worried, like, oh, God, I've got to memorize all these things. And the more I went through it, I was like, well, I know all these already. And I'm, I don't need to memorize katadori ikkyo right. because I'm like, well, what would I do from a katadori grab? Well, this is what That's I would what do. Should happen. You know, right. and there's then only, I would do this. There's you know? a limited set of things that are going to happen. They're grabbing you on one shoulder or the other, or both shoulders, or a wrist, or they're on your left right. side, or your right side, or your hip to hip, or your chest to chest. You know, it's like real simple. there's and, not a whole lot of, yeah. of of things that I mean, it might seem like a lot, but it's not. And once you understand, like the positioning of the bodies um, and, and how to move from there, yeah. you're set. So uh, when we uh, when we got together today, uh, Josh wanted to do an episode on footwork. I wanted to do an episode on the differences between Aikido and other martial arts, and Maya wanted to do uh, reflections on testing. And, and I, I think, think we, we just kind of melded all, all three That's of great. those. <laughs> In so I don't know. This, I think we did that. Yeah. Yeah. This cannot be titled footwork because it wasn't. But it's some kind of I don't know musings about there. Aikido. Yeah. Like, <laughs> I don't know if it was a subject more. So no, if you would like to hear us stick more to a topic, please send us a topic. This is up to you now. We're yes. throwing it back to uh, our audience. If you uh, don't like us rambling, uh, then you need to send us topic ideas. So this is this is forty three. I think we're into what? now. So yeah, it's nice. almost a year's almost worth one of year. Wow. We'll have uh, to do some sort up. of uh, on our year anniversary, some sort of special. We'll all double, uh, double podcast. I don't know. Something. We'll how, all... about, how about we just do one of those where I just take clips from all the other ones? That oh, I that's put a great. Yes. We get out of. We get yes. out of. We get people think lazy that's with a great like a holiday. You know, <laughs> the best. Of... Actually, I don't get a holiday. That's harder work for me. So the best of. Uh, I like that. We'll all just eat discuss. cake, and yeah. then you guys can listen yeah, to it. Yeah, because eating on this podcast is rare. That's, right? We yeah, hardly we hardly ever do that. Do that. Especially mm. desserts and tasty treats. Mouth sounds. Yeah, my favorite. ASMR. <laughs> um, so I think Maya's pulling up our, our patrons, patrons here, and uh, I'd like to again just say thank you to all of our patrons. Uh, I plan to start putting up some material uh, on the Patreon page. Um, uh, I'm going to start putting up some of the articles I've written because a lot of the stuff – right now, by the way, I'm having – if you've gone to aikidostudent.com recently, uh, it's not up. My server, someone bought them out, womp, and so now, womp, yeah, womp. it's a big pain in my ass. Um, and uh, so I, I don't have all that stuff up right now, but I'm going to start putting it on the Patreon page. So you can go on there and look on our posts, and you should be able to see some articles and stuff. Because a lot of the stuff we talk about, it'd be nice to have other references right, right, too. Yeah. Like a guy had emailed me the other day and asked for Spectrum um, Conflict, yeah, Spectrum conflict yeah. stuff, so – so I'll start putting that stuff up um, for you guys to, to look at on the Patreon page. But our Patreons are, our patrons are. Our patrons, patrons are Matt Riley, John Smith, Grant Templin, Jim Sullivan, 
Urbano, Lenny Acuna, Rod, Rob Kitson, and Warwick Dean. Right. Thank you so much, guys. Also, really thank you, guys. Ted Rose. Ted, so Rose Ted, Ted gave us a big lump of money all at once and just said, like, this you can buy whatever you need. Um, so those are our continuing patrons, and, and Ted uh, Ted also gave us a, a bunch of money. So thank you very much. Um, it, yeah. is, it is appreciated. It's yeah. super appreciated. And once again, if there's anything you want to hear, just let us know. Or questions, we're always, we're always comments. We're looking to hear from you guys as um, all well. All that good stuff. Yeah. All right. So, all right, guys. Take care. Thank you so much. Have a great day. Bye-bye.